fucking monsters. <laughs> Mics are hot. Mics are hot. Mics are hot. Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And on today's episode, of course, we're going under the hood covering your headlines. Uh, we are going to cover stupid car history, the introduction of a new segment. I don't know if we've done this before. Yep. And then finally, we're bringing back after a long hiatus, L.A. versus Detroit. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into more details once we get there. Before, don't forget uh, to support our sponsor, ourselves. <laughs> Cafe Carrera, the best coffee you'll try. Honestly, single origin, hand-picked super caffeinated great for track days uh super delicious goes with anything i make espresso you make espresso we drink drip coffee i make lattes it does everything uh use code big willow for 10 percent off your entire order uh and i think that's it so we can get the show on the road if you like big things we got the biggest beans biggest beans <laughs> in town yes biggest beans in town but that's anyway, not a lie okay <laughs> actually yeah, it is the truth pacamara specifically mm-hmm. but let's get into the headlines randy you want to go first sure so the toyota gr corolla was announced last week yes it was and so this week, there were some interviews with some leadership at Toyota. Okay. And so it seems like if you want to invest in anything this year and expect for that thing to appreciate, buy a GR Corolla because they're only making 8,000 units. I saw that. 1,500 of which are that circuit edition one, yeah. the top tier with a carbon roof and yeah. uh, the air vents and the bigger hood. And uh, they specifically said their goal is to make one too few. Yes. Corollas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Break my heart, man. Um, but then. So, OK, so there were talks about 8000, right? But yes. then they also stated there's no hard cap on production. Of course. That makes sense. Right. So yes. part of me thinks that this is just part of their sort of A scheme scheme to like gimmick. To uh-huh. sell more of them, right? Uh, Create a false sense of exclusivity, uh, sell more of them, yes. or at least generate good numbers in the beginning, mm-hmm. so then we can keep making them, right? Yes, yes. I get the need, though, because the hot hatch segment is not easy. Even It's not. Even, even when you consider the fact that there's not a lot of competition. Correct. Right? It yes. just doesn't do super well. Uh, but I think the price point is what's going to make or break this. Right. And it, my worry is just that it's going to go over MSRP. Therefore, people won't really be able to afford to buy it. But and then it just is a flop because not as many people bought it that they that could have. The good thing is mm. the Internet is fighting back on that. So I was doing hella research on okay. this because I kind of was like, mm, you know, what should I own? Hey, one? dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, should yeah. I own? I, I like hot hatches. You yes. Know? And so uh, there's a list mm-hmm. um, which started on Reddit where people are essentially crowdsourcing a list of dealers that are charging over MSRP. Oh, and believe yeah. it or not, there is a list of dealers that are selling it for MSRP. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? So they're tracking all that, including what options, what mm. deposits they – how much they take in terms of deposits. Yeah. And they're, they're covering the entire country. 
And it looks like there's a good, I would say, 30 to 40% of dealers who are selling it at MSRP. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, so as long as, I mean, I need to publish this list. I probably should have done it sooner. Yeah. But if the internet is fighting back in this way, what this means is that as long as you are mm-hmm. going to buy these cars mm-hmm. um, from the dealerships that are selling at MSRP, mm-hmm. eventually they all will. Right. Ideally, but ideally, we do live in the state of California where the Type R has never been um, under MSRP for sure. So that's a myth. It's, is it? it? Yeah. There are dealerships that have sold at MSRP. At, but not under. Not under. Never no one under. is selling under. Okay. Right okay. now, you can't even uh, buy like enough. a if even a Pinto was being sold, <laughs> you couldn't get it for under MSRP. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like this guy, uh, I was reading a guy that ordered a Bronco, uh-huh. complete stripper. No options, and okay. I think the windows were like wind up. Ruined really, windows. I didn't know yeah. that was an option. <laughs> yeah, he he got it with nothing, no okay. options whatsoever. Uh-huh. He waited like eight months for it, and in those eight months, he received three offers for the car. Really? And he got he was offered out the door price plus five k, out the door price price plus ten k twice. Before he even had it, the dealers wanted that car. Would you have taken that? For that money, you're basically for a, for a Bronco. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm not oh, that okay. I'm not that attached to a Bronco, Fair so enough. I would absolutely do it. So for the GR Corolla, would you be willing to accept a payment above what you didn't even really pay for yet? Basically, somebody's saying free money, get out of line. I don't think so because if the dealer is willing to pay 10k over what I paid, yes, that means I could probably take it. Drive it for a little while and still sell it to somebody for more. Okay, mm, that's a that's a fair argument. Yeah, yes. and I would have fun in a GR Corolla. A Bronco just doesn't do it for me. So, so how soon would you get that GR Corolla on the track? Is that next immediately? Question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd you'd that, uh, would, that would the break in is would be at the track. Oh. <laughs> You know what? I want to say that I would do the break in, but now that you bring it up, uh-huh. I don't know. Really, I don't. Oh, you mean you would just jump ahead and go straight to track? I would go straight to the track <laughs> because I used to I used to say that uh-huh. I was the type that was conservative enough to do all the necessary things. You do warm up your car still. I, for a very I warm long up time. the E ninety two because I don't want issues. I don't whatever. want issues with the engine blowing up. Sure. Right? I'm too paranoid about that. Okay, but like I don't bed my brakes. Oh, like, you don't? No. Like, when I, when I bed them at the track, right? Like, mm. I just put new rotors and pads on the car before I went to Auto Club. Yeah. Rotors were fresh yeah, when yeah, I yeah. arrived at the track. Kind of makes sense. Right? Yeah. But, you know, technically, you're supposed to bed them. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So then I'm thinking, okay, would I be able to resist, what, 2,500-mile braking? Maybe now with new engengines, I don't know. I don't know what three thousand let's say a thousand a thousand. Let's guess a thousand just oh hypothetically. Oh God, dude, I'm taking a trip to Oregon <laughs> <laughs> just to burn in the miles. just huh? to burn in the miles yeah. uh, did you, how how do especially you not? with us working from home? Yeah, how the hell do you put a thousand miles on a car? I mean, this s two thousands only had six thousand miles for two years. oh my so I, so at let's say using averages, yes. Three thousand. So it would take me a, a, <laughs> a third, third of, of a year, year just to get to just to get level. to the track, which isn't that long. Yeah, I'm surprised you've put six k on it. But I used to drive to Ontario every now and then with it. Uh, but did you? Were you still driving to work when you bought it? 
I oh, but you no, wouldn't drive this no. one. No, uh, I no, I take that back. Yes, I was driving to work already, but it was like I was flip flopping. I'd uh, even switch cars at lunch. So I got called out for that one time. Like, yeah. did you switch cars at lunch? Oh, I was like, you diva! <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I didn't want to put the miles on yeah. for my five mile commute. So, um, so you would take it to the track almost? Right oh, away. you wouldn't. I Dude, it would, would be hard. No, you, you barely know what? even take this one to the track. You know what? Because there's a lot more safety in that car. Yeah. I actually can say I would. Like, I can get in there. Com- I can get there comfortably. Um, there's just a lot more. I don't need a roll bar like I do with this yeah. car. Just for my own safety's sake, a roll bar is actually the right thing to do I, with this I car. I see some of your pictures at Auto Club with the top down. Yeah. And I'm just like. Man, like he is way closer to death than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, Out a, there, that's yeah. quite frankly true. Yeah, at the speeds is. I was going to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, being in a GR Corolla, skirt, airbags, and all that jazz. Yeah. You're just more confident. So you're gonna on. buy one? No, but I, I shouldn't. But we'll see. I don't know. Who Apparently, knows? like there is that. So the problem with the list, and I was gonna follow up with this. I started calling dealerships. You did. I started calling dealerships just. I was like, I'll put a refundable deposit down, mm-hmm. you know, and if and if it happens and I'm okay with it, I'll do it. Yeah, that's not a bad way to go. But it was like, you know, 50th on the list, 60th Already? on the list. Yeah, like, oh, oh, you're you're 12th on the list for the regular one, but if you want the circuit edition, forget about it. Like there there are a lot of people calling dealerships right now and it turns out a lot of people are putting themselves on different lists yeah to make sure that they get one yeah so what's happening is if i'm talking at one dealership like say you know within a 50 mile radius radius of one uh-huh. it's more than likely that the same list you know <laughs> is gonna be on in this other yeah, dealership. yeah yeah they're just throwing 100 bucks to be on that yeah, list which you know like it it's good and bad, right? It's good. It's bad in that, oh, like it feels like you're so far away from getting one. Mm-hmm. But it's also good in that once they do start getting fulfilled, those lit, like a 60 person list isn't going to be a 60 person list. Correct. Who That's knows right. what it's going to be? That's right. But I got kind of tired of calling. I got kind of like disillusioned with the idea. Because I really just had my toes in the water. You yeah, know? you were fully yeah. committed to it. I'm not like, oh, I need a GR Corolla. You what know? um, what were they asking to for to be on a list? A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. And be on some a list. are refundable and some are not. But I think I don't think in California that you can legally make it non-refundable. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. So so the people that were telling me that it's non-refundable, I just felt kind of like you know sketchy sales tactics okay. to me. Uh, or maybe they wanted to make sure you were serious. I don't know. Wow, a grand yeah, just to be on the grand, list. Yeah, just to be on the list. That's that's what I was getting for the most part. California only, obviously. Cal- oh, obviously, yeah, California only. Mm. If I was really, really eager, I might have gone out of state, but um, I'm not that eager. Interesting. Yeah, it's more... I'm excited about the car, but it's more for me. It's still more willing to let go of the money than willing to take on the car. You uh, know what right, I mean? Right, right. Whereas right, you know, right. even the news that Toyota is making, it, it seems like the car is going to retain its value. Yes. But in order to have a car that really retains its value, you want the circuit edition. That's right. So or it goes up in value. Yeah. So, yes. but there's just 
And there's also the problem you get into of just wanting so many different cars. Yeah, you know? that's definitely a, I want pro- a, a car Supra. guy problem. I want a GR Porsche. Corolla. Yeah, yeah exactly. 911. Dude. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, I gotta wait to either hit the lottery or you know figure something out. But you gotta be Jay Leno in another life. But this is gonna be a very Toyota heavy uh, episode. Oh, so maybe the, G- <laughs> the GR86. Yes. Uh, seems to be. To this generation, what the Honda Civic was to ours back in the day. Yep. Uh, sales are up 326% yes. for the GR86. Year over year, yeah. That is nuts. Granted, they just released a new version. Yes. But guess what the BRZ did in Not the same time? 20.7%. Yes. That is a huge difference. It is. Toyota it is. is winning big right now. Dude. Do you think the Supra is helping sell GR86s? That's a good question. You know, uh, you know what? It probably is. Yeah. Because people notice the, G- the GR Supra. Yeah. Then they say, oh, shit, I can't afford 60K. Yeah. And there's almost none around here for yeah. sale. I yeah. looked. Yeah. Even on the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they'll be like, well... I can afford a 30K, not 60. Might as well do the GR86. Dude, it's a, it looks like a great platform. Like I said, when I drove it in Gran Turismo, which I know is not true, but close enough, I guess. It felt amazing. The power felt like it was there. It felt linear. Yeah. Um, so I do kind of want one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind I want all three. One. I want all three. Yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I can't say that for Honda. I mean, I, I was a very Honda-heavy JDM guy. Yeah, me too. Now I'm a very Toyota-heavy JDM yeah. guy. Yes. Toyota is winning my, they won our hearts. my car enthusiast heart. Yes. They totally won our Absolutely. hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But I was shocked by the BRZ numbers. Ah, uh, okay. But they don't have a car like the Supra to help drive those numbers. Are they being Honda, you mean? Uh, Subaru. Oh, Subaru, yes. Because the BRZ's only done 20% increase and, uh, in sales, STI. which is still good, apparently. For but 326% yeah. is better. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And they're the best ever numbers for the 8.6. Yes. Yeah, best in history for I that mean, car. I 2 liter, 228 horsepower. Well, I'm talking about sales numbers. Yeah, I know, yeah. but just the overall, the package is just so much more awesome. Oh, for sure, they yeah. Fix, there's a dip in the throttle or, or in the horsepower in mid midway through. Yeah. And that's gone, been eliminated. So it's just linear power the whole way. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot of people, especially like track people mm-hmm. that have taken it out, have, have sung its praises. Yes. So, again, I wouldn't mind owning one, but uh, there's just... Yeah, God, it's the, kind li- of the like list of cars we want keeps growing and growing. And I know that part that problem is not exclusive to us. It's a car guy problem. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, man, like I, I, I know that I said and I, you know, vehemently stated I would never buy a new car, but Toyota is really challenging that. Agreed. And if if the current situation continues, where the car kind of maintains its value. Here's the thing, though. Okay. Here's the thing that I think everyone is ignoring, and even we've ignored. Depreciation hasn't gone away. What do you mean by that? Like, all these cars are going to depreciate eventually, right? Ooh. They're going to hit, like, the 50K mile mark, 75K yes. mile yes. mark, yes. where you and I tend to live, <laughs> you know? If that's a new car for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, you know, there is room for you to get a cheaper car. Now, is it going to be a 40K to 
15k uh depreciation absolutely not right but you can maybe get a super for forty thousand dollars in three years that's true you know or that's maybe true. not the supra maybe the gr corolla i mean it is a hatchback it's a hot hatch but it is a hatchback corolla yeah. yes so it's going to depreciate and there will be a little more obtainable even i i just i have i have doubts that they will keep the numbers so exclusive that prices remain where they're at right now. But let's look at two um, samples within the recent five to ten years. Right. Ford Focus RS and Civic Type R. Okay. And those are kind of like the Corolla, could, you could say, land in between in terms of panache or right. like status. Yeah. Right, with tuners. Yeah. Right? Corolla might lean more Civic Type R, but I wouldn't say it surpasses it in terms of uh, Let's answer that question. It. Do you think it leans more Civic Type R? Do you think it leans more for Focus RS? I think it leans more Civic Type R just because it's JDM. That's pure snobbery. I uh, think it leans more Focus RS. Really? Yeah. I think obvious. I think it's it's it leans more JDM on the reliability side. Yes. But in terms of the pedigree, the nostalgia, the oh, the okay. appeal of the car, mm -hmm. the the desire for it as an enthusiast, uh -huh. I think it leans more RS. Well, with that said, yeah. the RS still has an over 30K uh, price value. I don't think so. I've looked. I've looked recently. I should yeah. Say. Where Where have you looked? Um, looked. maybe a few months ago. I looked. Um, there was a Boost Blue one. I think he was on Bring a Trailer. Even. Okay. I say it was on well, Bring, Bring a Trailer. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's, I mean, if you're looking, at, I mean, they don't come up frequently. There was only two years of them. Three years. Yes. Um, Were you seeing high twenties still? Yeah, I'm seeing like mid to high twenties now for like. 20k 30k miles so you would lean that the corolla would go down that path i that's what i think too you're not yeah. thinking it's going to keep its msrp or stay above it like yeah because i mean the type r it's not it's not the car it's not the performance keeping that value up there <laughs> it's just it's that, the type r it's that damn red logo right yeah. i mean like so much how much shit was talked about that car being a samurai car and it looks like a gundam and all this right right yep. But yep. that Type R badge keeps that value high. Okay. GR doesn't Has have that, that. That not yet. You know, not yet. Okay. That's Maybe a, that's your kids <laughs> will see GR like we see the Type R. Mm. You know, so yeah, because of that, you know, yeah, the market is going to help it. The current market is going to help it right. retain its value. But I don't think it's going to hold like the Civic Type R. Now, I could eat. I could be eating my words in the future. And John was full of shit and he has no idea what he's talking about. Sure. Which is frequently the case. But I, I, I just don't I just don't think it's going to lean Type R. Well, I'll agree that it'll never reach Type R limited status of a six figure car. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. Or that's even dumb. 90, 90, 80K, 70K. It'll never. I can't imagine the track edition or sorry, circuit edition. Yeah. Hitting those levels. And and, and I think in order for a normal GR uh, Corolla mm -hmm. to retain its value at MSRP. Right. Okay. There needs to be some version of that car that does cost six figures. Right. Because oh. that's what the tape type R has demonstrated. Correct. Right? Correct. So because there are. It pulled it up. Yeah, it pulled exactly. The price up. Because there are 100 K type R's the regular ones tend to retain their value a little better. Okay. 
But I, dude, some idiot is gonna pay 100k for a circuit edition. I already know. They're good. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. But also keep in mind, like the JDM process is to throw out your best editions later in the life of the car to rejuvenate sales. Okay. So like right now there is a Supra. Uh, GR Supra with like a carbon fiber edition or something. Yeah, I, I'm not aware of all the trims. Yeah. Um, the last eight six had that green one. Um, they this two thousand in front of us had the CR. Um, so there may even be a better yet version of the Corolla GR. Um, later in its life. There might be, there might be. Yes. And that might help it cross over. Right. Well, I, but I think yeah. it, w- it would have to establish a pretty good reputation now. Yes. And then a special edition is released. Yes. Uh, but I would rather tell you to do that with the Supra and give us the S58 motor. <laughs> and, 600 horsepower and, and or whatever And they're, they're getting all my money. Well, they're going to do that. I, I, I don't know. I think they would. You don't I think don't they know would? because they, I, I don't think the... I don't think the Supra is a viable option after 2025, right? They're going electric. Yes, they are. Yes. So the I think the logistics and expense of going through all that oh. to put that car together for one more run, I just don't. I just don't see it, especially since they have so many like cars in their lineup now. The GR86. I mean, millions of dollars in marketing. GR Corolla, billions of dollars in marketing. Mm-hmm. Supra, trillion dollars in marketing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it'd be a huge investment. Maybe I'm trying to keep my hopes low so I don't spend that much money when it comes <laughs> around. But, dude, if they drop that car, I'm, fi- I'm selling everything. <laughs> <laughs> All your crypto just Every, for the... <laughs> dude, everything is... I will sell my mop in my house for some, some amount of money to gather enough oh, yeah. money to, to buy that car. What bodily organ would you sell for that? Oh, shit. That is a really good question. <laughs> that is a... Re- I don't know that that... I don't know that I'd sell an organ for a, su- for no? a S58 Supra. I mean... But that... Let's, let's, okay, let's sit here for a bit. Sure. What... <laughs> Because there's, I've got some extra things that I could uh, get rid of. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my god! So, uh, okay, what car would you give an organ up for, and what organ would it be? Well, easily my testicles, because <laughs> I don't need them anymore. <laughs> but nobody oh buys those. Oh my god, dude! Nobody buys those. I, I guess not. I don't <laughs> no, know. I don't think. So. I don't you, think. Are so. you like? Are you no, in tune with the organ market? No, I'm not. Okay. But I just don't. I mean, you hear kidneys, and yeah, that makes sense because that's a life required like body part. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, regardless for what car would it be, I guess I have like low, um, low goals. It wouldn't be for. More than a hundred K car, I, I can't imagine. Um, so like an NA Supra, I I let go of that body part for for an. NA what Supra. body part? Your balls? The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're putting like a very small price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're. Not. Yeah, I mean, then you can. Oh my god. Uh, damn. I mean, I feel like you're like. I know you're. You don't need any more children. Correct. But I feel like you're missing a lot of other functions. 
Yeah. You know, yes. like, I don't know. I wouldn't give up kidneys or a lung or anything. So you'd give up your balls for an NA Supra? I would. Uh, NA uh, NSX. NA NSX. NA1. NA1 yeah. NSX. Yeah. yeah. That is a very cheap price. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's only sixty grand. That's like it's like it's, uh, hey Randy, like if I gave you sixty grand to cut off your balls, would you do it? And you're like, yeah. I mean, if a surgeon did it, full anesthetic, yeah, why not? For sixty k. For an, for an NSX, yeah. So you would have to. So it had to be the NSX. It couldn't be sixty k. Um. It could be 60K, obviously, because then I could just get the just NSX. Get the, so you heard it here. If yes. you want Randy's balls. A ball, <laughs> a ball is 60K. A ball. Okay. So, so okay. So I was thinking two. <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking two. So one. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So would you give up both for 120? Uh, I guess so. Or I a mean, package deal. Since you're buying two, it's 100K. <laughs> <laughs> a, a deal? Ah, you know, yeah. How much to price. just go clean, like Kendall? Oh, dude, no, 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 no. There's no value there. There's no, there's no money in the world. Oh my god, dude! A hundred dollars per inch, two hundred bucks. Nope, no, no, no monetary value there. Okay, I honestly feel like the balls are probably the more important organ, but you know, whatever, dude. That's your sale. Jeez, man. I don't know. I feel like I'd That's give up a quick kidney. You would give up a kidney, because the but risk it, is you only have one left. But I feel like I feel like very greedy because I would I was gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'd give up a kidney for like a Koenigsegg. Oh, you know what I mean? They're not worth that. But much. you're over. <laughs> Aren't kidneys only worth like a hundred? I swear to God, dude, you look like a, you seem like a like a subject matter expert in like the black market of organs, <laughs> kidneys. Did I see one on yeah. Silk Road before? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh my God, that'd be crazy. Nah, I don't think I saw body parts on, yeah. on Silk Road. Oh my, but you're right; they're probably not worth Koenigsegg money. I don't think, especially what, not mine. What's a Koenigsegg worth? Like a million? A million? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a kidney's worth a million bucks. Jeez. Because I think in third world countries you can get one for like twenty k. So yours is just more realistic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, absolutely. let's move into our next headline. Um. Oh, is, am I next? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Uh. So. In line with Toyota, again, the EVP of Toyota Sales USA uh, announced that we are likely going to be in the supply chain issue for a, for an unforeseeable amount of time still. Right. The uh, godforsaken war in Ukraine yeah. is causing that primarily, as well as obviously the, the lasting effects of COVID still and trying to catch up to supply chain. So... Uh, with that said, he, he this guy did say his name is Bob Carter, EVP again of sales for Toyota North America. He did say that um, we, if and when supply chain can recover, it would actually take six additional months just for inventory rates to normalize okay. to pre-pandemic levels. Okay. So I, I started to dig a little deeper. What do you th- – well, he he thought or he predicts – using their economic data that on the worst case scenario, annual sales of the U.S. auto um, industry here within this country, sales for all the brands, will be at around 14.3 to 14.9 million, maybe 15 million. Units or dollars? Units? Units? Yes. Wow. Pre-pandemic, what do you think that number was? 30. No. 17. Oh, okay. 
So we're not that far behind. Yeah. But there's still a lot of pent up demand from it just being this recurring like low uh, supply. Yeah, yeah, over yeah. The past year or so, for sure. So does I guess it reinforces the fact again that this GR Corolla, its value will continue to stay where it's at. So these numbers that you identified were these also part of the Toyota statements, or were these like independent figures that you looked up? These uh, the 17 million was independent figure. The 14 million. The 14 million was a Toyota statement. So anyone else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, probably. Okay. But when the sales VP is yes. telling me, yes, you know he's got motives. Not oh, that he's okay. lying, right? Right, but it benefits him to say that. You think so? Now that might be the cynic in me. Okay, right? How do you th- how do you think it benefits Toyota to say that the annual sales will be lower? Just out of curiosity. Simple economics: supply is short because they don't benefit from uh, markups. They don't, but they do benefit from volume. Yes, so they right? would rather have higher numbers um, of sales, right? Um, well, That's I mean, why I, they... I, I have to believe, and this is an assumption on my part, I uh-huh. have to believe that they are setting prices now according to current market demand, oh, right? They're not, they're not charging over MSRP, but they're making MSRP equivalent to current market standards, I see. So that's right. how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, so they right. have to off they have to offset the lack of volume somehow. Right. And they're offsetting those what 3 million figures mm-hmm. by increasing the cost of these cars. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So how I believe it works is um the dealerships get whatever the profit is between the sale price and a set amount. Right. Set cost. Yeah. And I actually I don't know if they sell like if Toyota as the manufacturer sells different prices to different dealerships based on like volume. Oh, yeah. They, they have different contracts. You think so? Yeah. And there's like different things that they do too. like, oh, you have to take a certain amount of colors. Well, there's definitely that. Yeah. They, they do offer rebates. And yeah. Cash on top. But they'll um, negotiate. They can they negotiate prices with dealerships, especially bigger ones. OK. So then by artificially lowering supply or demand i should say no supply yeah you're saying that they're probably bumping up those prices that they're selling to dealerships yeah as a result yeah i mean just lo- i mean look at what part of the new geo corolla pricing and even the integra pricing right has to do with the new market right, right. 35k for an integra when the type r came out at that less than that right right and, and you know it's it was just a different time you know in the last two years inflation has killed everything yes i paid 12.99 for carne asada 12.99 a pound what did it used to be i remember okay this is a long time ago but pre-pandemic pre-pandemic i could get it for five five dollars a pound yeah and And i paid 12.99 that's like the cheapest steak two weeks ago flat meat yeah it's flat meat yeah (laughs) yeah it's flat meat it's not like yeah it's not super high quality steak Wow. Yeah. So, dude, everything's getting hit, man. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, if you, I, I, immediately I was like, man, I should get in the cow business. <laughs> man, this is crazy, <laughs> crazy prices. But anyway, let's get into our next headline, also Toyota related. Mm. And because you brought it up at one point, mm. we're going to go a bit into history with this headline. <clears throat> so how do you say if you ain't cheating, you ain't winning in Japanese? 
I don't know. Toyota Team TTE. <laughs> okay. So the, this is the story of the best, most cleverly engineered cheat in WRC. Oh, you're talking about the which 91? You, which you alluded to. Yes. Right? Yes. So this is nine, uh, 95. Oh, that that's when they got a, caught. That's when they got caught. But they so, won in like the early nineties. So yes. in the nineteen, well, in the nineteen nineties, uh, Toyota Team Europe, referred to as TTE from here on out, mm-hmm. uh, they were winning with the Celica GT4. Yes. Right? yes. And they they won a ton of manufacturer champ manufacturer championships, drivers championships, uh, from the nineteen ninety onward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were a great team. Yes. Um, the Toyota Celica in nineteen ninety five was no longer ideal. Yes. As a car yep. for the WRC. But because this was driving Toyota Celica sales so much for Toyota, mm-hmm. Toyota forced Toyota Team Europe, TTE, to use, to use a Celica. Ah, okay. So the engineers, right, decided to get a little creative because in 1995, the FIA gets in the way and says, you guys need to start using restrictor plates because racing in the WRC is getting dangerous. Right. So they want to restrict the horsepower numbers. They want to restrict the horsepower numbers and really keeping everybody around the 300 figure. Yes. 300 figure. Um, You know, things were getting too dangerous, uh, obviously, with the spectators in WRC. It's getting dangerous as well. So they Mm -hmm. want to reduce the airflow and reduce those figures. But Toyota wanted to maintain an edge. Toyota, you know, Toyota brand Mm -hmm. needed to maintain that edge. Yep. And uh, Toyota Team Europe felt the pressure to do so. Mm-hmm. So the engineers found a way to bypass the seals of the restrictor plate. Yes. Have you seen a diagram for this no, thing? No. It's insane, dude. And it was controlled by essentially if the turbo was engaged versus disengaged. Okay. When the turbo was engaged, essentially there were springs and clips uh-huh. That allowed the restrictor plate to move back, so that the air could come so in. that the air hood could come in. Yeah, and once the turbo was disengaged, it would snap back in place. Ah, nice. So what was happening is they would actually the inspectors would actually take the turbo out of the car and inspect it, right, as part of just general tech, and they wouldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't find any issues. And on, I looked, I scoured the entire internet yeah. for how they were caught. Yeah. And the prevailing uh, uh, theory is that there was a whistleblower. Ah, uh, yeah. There is no. There is no. There's no document. On there's how they no got document caught? or news on how they were caught, other yeah. than it just seemed like they were ha- they had an extreme advantage, and someone complained mm. because there were a lot of protests. But every time there was a protest, the FIA would inspect, and they wouldn't find any problems. Wow. Okay. Dude, and, and I'll post a diagram on our Instagram. It's it's fascinating for like uh, like a like a geek. Yes. If you're an engineering geek when it comes yeah. to cars, yep. you'll love that. So the advantage uh, of this technology mm-hmm. generated 25% increase in airflow, which was an extra 50 brake horsepower. Yeah. Wow. So that's huge. Exactly. <laughs> right. 300 horsepower cars versus a 350 brake horsepower car. Yeah. So when someone finally ratted them out, they mm-hmm. snitched, right? Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Somebody snitched. Um, they were caught in a rally, rally Catalonia is where they oh, were okay. caught. Right. Yeah. And so, um, the FIA banned the TTE from racing mm-hmm. in 1995. Right. But TTE was like, nah, we're going to lawyer up. Fuck you guys. Okay. So they lawyered up and mm-hmm. went up against the FIA mm-hmm. and ended up getting 
banned for 1996 too. <laughs> Those bastards. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. they got banned for 1995 and 1996, yep. and it wasn't until 1998, I believe, where they were competitive again. Yeah, they came back with the Corolla. Correct? Yeah, with the Corolla. That's yes, right. They came yes. back with the Corolla. But Same the, engine too. The FIA president said that it is the most sophisticated and ingenious device either I or the FIA's technical experts have seen for a long time. It was so well made that there was no gap apparent to suggest there were any means of opening it. Damn. That's crazy, right? It's like kind of, I don't know if you've ever gotten like these, uh, they make like these puzzle devices. Yes. Where like there'll be like rings locked together. 3D puzzles or whatever. Yeah, 3D puzzles, exactly. Yes. They essentially made a 3D puzzle out of the turbo, right? Yes. And it couldn't, they couldn't decipher it. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. FIA inspectors couldn't decipher it. And and I just think it's, I don't even consider it cheating. Do you consider it cheating? Well, it is. I do. The restrictor plate is in there. Ah, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting argument. Yeah. It's just disabled when the turbo kicks in. Oh, uh, yeah. Disabled to a degree. Right. It's still functional. <laughs> right? It's not completely gone. Right. But it just moves a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> What a stretch, man! It is a stretch. It is a stretch. But I thought it was fascinating, yes. man. Like, yes, like it, you know, there's there's like simple cheats, mm-hmm. you know, like. Mm-hmm. But this is clever enough and a big enough investment where I'm like, man, my respect goes out to these engineers, <laughs> man. That's great. Like to to go, you know, that they, they had pressure from Toyota, they mm-hmm. had pressure from FIA, they wanted to win, and they found a way to do it. They did, you know. But unfortunately, got caught. Mm-hmm. and didn't actually i don't think they actually achieved a victory from this now we don't know how long before this they were they in- were cheating or engineering cheating right but the restrictor plate was introduced in 95 oh okay so yeah so they so they were caught within that season i see but they could and that's when it was implemented and that was when it was implemented okay so it's Maybe they should have implemented it a little, maybe like an extra 20 horsepower, right? Mm. And it wouldn't have been as obvious. Yes. 50 horsepower is dramatic. Because their winning years were like my gen, the fifth gen, which is like the 89 to 93. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many of those years they won, maybe two-ish. I think it was like five years that they won. Really? Yeah. I thought I thought it was more significant than now. I don't know if they won the uh, the the manufacturer's championship every oh, time or okay. the driver's championship, uh-huh. but they had more than I think three victories during this time. Got it. Got yeah. It. Okay. But those are your headlines. Cool. So now moving into the next segment, uh, stupid car history. Mm-hmm. This is the Redline edition. Okay. Are you familiar with Redline the movie? I am. It's a low budget car movie. It wasn't low budget. I thought it was low budget too. Or maybe because of the, how old it is. Mm. Is that why it? Even it when seems it came like out, it? I mean, even when it came out, it it was it. Um, it had the, it had actors. Was in, it the guy from Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad? No. Uh, Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. No, I no, don't no, even no. think he was uh, acting at the time. Okay. Okay. But uh, the year was two thousand seven. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the blockbuster, Redline. The blockbuster. It wasn't line. a blockbuster. Okay. I'm making that up. Uh-huh. It was set to release. Mm-hmm. Right. So Redline is like an. It, it's a. It's set as an act. Uh, automotive action thriller. 
Okay. Right? That's what it's described as. So sure. think Fast and the Furious, but with worst acting. Of course. Of That's course. exactly what it was. But which it was in 2007, which I think Fast and the Furious 2 was already out. Yes. So the, they were very late to the game. Or they were riding the wave. Yeah. Uh, I guess trying to ride the wave. Yes. For sure trying yeah. to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. So naturally, leading up to the release, uh, some marketing needed to be done, mm-hmm. right? So part of the marketing, they wa- they wanted their actors to be involved in a charity race. So they were going to host oh, a charity okay. race prior to the release of the movie to drum up some, you know, nice marketing, some nice yes. attention. Yes. But, it, but then prior to the charity race, actors had to practice in order to prepare for this race. Okay. So all the actors went out autocrossing at Irwindale Speedway. Nice. And uh, the film's executive producer was actually a car collector. Okay. So he let the actors borrow his cars to practice at Irwindale Speedway. That's not a good idea. That's a horrible idea. Yes, absolutely. One of these cars was a $1.5 million Ferrari Enzo. And I think at the time, at the time, now so it's I've, a three million dollar. It's a three million. It's a three million dollar Ferrari Enzo okay. now, right? Okay. So the actors start lapping, right? Mm-hmm. They start taking their cars. Uh, they're prepping for the race. What a way to prep, right? I'm prepping for a charity race in a Ferrari Enzo. That is the worst idea possible. I'm a I'm a baller, right? But oh. there was a cleverly placed barrier. Uh, on the track, uh-huh. the autocross track, um, that brought this particular actor to a complete stop. Okay. By uh, understeering horribly, uh-huh. coming to a screeching understeer, uh-huh. and ricocheting, literally ricocheting off the barrier. Is there a video of it still? And destroying this car. There is video of these. Oh, man. They wow. completely destroyed the front end. And the damages were $300,000 in damages, right? The status of the car is considered totaled, (laughs) right? And resulted in one of the most painful videos Uh I've ever seen in my life. I mean, because it isn't like when you watch the video, it isn't like a crash and then it's done, right? Mm -hmm. It literally bounces off the barrier. It turns the car around and the car like sadly creeps back towards the cones. Oh man! Okay. And the actor? Mm-hmm. Do you know who that? Who the actor it's is? In, it's an infamous story. So Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin. And he hasn't done shit since. Eddie Griffin had does hasn't done crap since. And there is a, and some of you might not know who Eddie Griffin is mm-hmm. because he hasn't done shit since. Yeah. But he was like the Kevin Hart. I was gonna say that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like a Kevin Hart. He level. was like the Kevin Hart of the early two thousands. Yeah. He was undercover brother. He was. He was famous for that. Yeah. Uh, very, very loud comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a few TV shows prior to that. Sure. He he was kind of funny in a yeah. Kevin Hart kind of way. Yes. Right. Um, but he showed no remorse. Really? No remorse whatsoever. Uh, he. This is how he describes the accident. Right. I was coming around the track and came into a tight turn and I hit a cone. And the cone got caught under the, underneath the tire, so the tire locked up and slammed into the wall. This is how he describes it, right? Utter bullshit. Oh, oh really? Yeah, the if you video. look at the video, he came in way too hot. Instead oh. of letting off the gas, he tried to steer his way around the corner oh. and just understeered his ass into the barrier and destroyed the car. 
Then after the accident, he said, quote, okay, undercover brother's good at karate and all the rest of that. But, br- but the brother can't drive. That was, and that was that's it. what in his smug Eddie Griffinness, if uh, you remember. It. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he said, you know, I'm not a race car driver. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just glad that I'm OK. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, at the time, he was probably worth a lot of money. So yes. a lot of people want him to be OK. I wonder where he but, lives. But now. if you if you see the report like and hit and the video footage of this, mm-hmm. he like I said, he shows no remorse to him. It's just it was as if. He wrecked a Yugo. That sucks. And then comes the executive producer, Daniel Sadek, or Sadek. I don't Uh know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm glad Eddie came out of the crash okay, but my my dream car got Mm -hmm. destroyed. Yeah. Yep. That that hit me to my core. My dream car got destroyed. I don't think there was more than a thousand of those made. Yeah, and it's like, it's... All I could think about is like, okay, this guy probably grew up, mm-hmm. you know, with this car as a poster, always dreaming of having it, finally gets enough money through making these movies, buys one. Yep. But then his dumbass lets Eddie Griffin drive it, mm-hmm. you know, to practice at a char- for a charity race. That's where he's at fault. Yeah. Yeah. Because Eddie Griffin said he's a comedian, not a race car driver. Well, <laughs> I don't think that anybody who owns that type of car should be loaning it out on a autocross track track at that right yeah it's um, not one is that car you take it to a track and even then i mean geez, yeah and right? even then it you would have i wouldn't I mean i sh- i mean i wouldn't I, w- I i would have to know that you know how to drive to give you my crappy 36 right exactly you know yes. an enzo and enzo and then at the end of that you show no remorse Right, the you asshole know? that crashed it. Yeah, he's just like, ah, oh, whatever. And the 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 guy, uh, the producer said, I went to the trailer for about fifteen minutes, and I thought, there's people dying every day. A lot of worse things are happening in the world. Which is he not- had to tell himself that there's death happening <laughs> <laughs> to feel better. To about feel better about losing the Enzo. One less Enzo. Yeah, one less Enzo. Right out in the market now. There is and was during the time a community of people that believed that this was a marketing gimmick. For the movie? For the movie. Really? Yeah, that this was all a stunt for the movie. Mm -hmm. I find it hard to believe just because of how much the car is worth. You could have done that with a $150,000 car. Correct. Right? Absolutely right. And still come out on top. Yep. But there's there's still, to this day, articles... Of people like, oh, yeah, or comments, right, on these articles. We'd be like, oh, no, that was a marketing stunt. Ah. But I feel like those are probably people that aren't in the car world or don't understand. Yes. Right? The yes. value of this car. It's like tearing up a Picasso. There's yeah. Like one lesson in Absolutely. the world. Even at that time. It right. Was, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And especially now. Yes. So I don't believe it, but. They did do some things that sort of support this, right? They for the movie, you mean? For the movie, right? Okay. They they um, one the whole Eddie Griffin attitude could have been manufactured, right? Who who what? has the gall to show no remorse, right? For destroying the Sistine Chapel of cars, right? Uh, you that's know, a, I mean, yeah, you know, no, so right, so there's right, right. that, right? Two, they put the car on display uh, in L.A. In, in the wreck status to drum up marketing and, and support for the movie. Oh, God. Right? Okay. Third, uh-huh. third, 
they set up a memorial with religious artifacts, flowers for the car. <laughs> cringe. That's bad. That's, That's cringe. Terrible. But yes. it does make me feel like, at the very least, they were trying to take advantage. Okay. Of yeah, of the right, crash, right, right, right. Worst case, it was, it set was a, a setup, a marketing gimmick. And uh, if it was, there were some grade A idiots <laughs> on that marketing team, dude. Grade A idiots. Well, I bet you the movie didn't even do well because I, I it never, didn't. I it didn't. It flopped. Even, yeah, I looked up the numbers for it too. Right. It flopped. I wonder what streaming service it's on now. Uh, you probably me, couldn't find it. You don't think so? Ah, uh, man, I don't think so. Red Line Movie? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be out I there I kind of want to watch it now, though, um, if it is somewhere out see. there. Okay, watch movie. It's on Tubi. Oh, of course it's on Tubi. <laughs> Amazon course. Prime Video? Also, oh, it of is. Course. It's free on Amazon Prime Video, so we could watch both of those. Oh, I might watch Red Line. Maybe we'll do a Red Line review. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. It'll put yeah. me to sleep. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Wait, oh, sci-fi man. action 2009? Oh, no, that's not the right one. Oh, There's another no, Red no, Line. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Okay. When you search Red Line on Google, it doesn't even pop up. Yeah, you have to search. You have to search Redline car movie. Car movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Let's yeah. See if it's even. There was another like D-list Redline that came out, and it's doing better than this one. Voodoo. Um. Voodoo. Yeah, that's like <laughs> Vimeo, right? <laughs> Worse. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. No. This is a. Uh, oh, this is uh, cringing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally cringeworthy. But um, the story doesn't end there. Okay, so we're gonna have to watch this, but continue with this. Yeah. Story. So in 2008, a Houston shop that specialized in wrecked exotics uh-huh. receives a call from the owner. Okay. Right. Uh, do you want to buy the car? Mm. So the owner is like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm interested." Right. Like, so they try to make a deal. I couldn't find any information on how much they paid. But they did acknowledge the fact that there were $300,000 in damages on the car. Okay. So I have to believe that they paid around a million. You think a mil? Yeah. If it was worth $1.5 million at the time, $300,000 in damages, $200,000 of work probably mm. negotiated somewhere around the million mark, give or take a hundred k, let's say. Okay. Yeah. That's probably what I'm thinking. What swap would you throw in there just to be obnoxious? Well, it's it got damage in the front, so there is no... Oh. Oh, the engine's intact. Yeah, the, everything oh, is intact. Yeah, yeah, everything <laughs> is intact except for. Oh, okay. I don't know that you could get away with. What? What if you K swap that bitch? <laughs> I would. You would have to. I think if I, if I were to swap a Enzo, mm-hmm. I would want to go the most obnoxious route. Yeah. And I think the K swap would be the most obnoxious. That would definitely. You would be. offend the most people. Yes. And yes. LS, you would offend people, but probably not as many people. Uh-huh. But a yes. case swap. That's and true. the only reason I know this is because there's a, a channel called Stance Works. I don't know if you heard of them. Okay. They're doing a uh case swap Ferrari. Uh I, I, I heard about that. The it's yellow like a 360. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. no, I don't think it's a three sixty. No, it's I think not a three sixty. No, it's not a three sixty. I forget what it is, but it's a yellow Ferrari and okay. he that dude. When he started this process, mm-hmm. there were people up in arms. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, yeah. hell yeah. I love this build yes. just for that. So uh, I, I okay. think I would go that direction. You go case swap. Just but it wasn't swap. necessary in this case. Okay. So they made a deal with the owner mm-hmm. to get the car. So this shop comes out to L.A. to pick it up. The owner changes his mind. 
Oh, geez. And they come out here, and, and they, they were already here ready to pick it up, and they changed his mind, basically wasted his time, and he has to go back to Houston. Mm. Sometime later, they're still, like, engaging back and forth. The owner changes his mind again. Okay. So they make a deal again, and as soon as they make the deal, he sends someone over to pick up the car and put it in a different garage. Yeah. So he wouldn't change his mind. Nice. And so they take the car. So they order the parts from Ferrari, uh, from Ferrari right, yes. in Italy, and they, they uh, are quoted saying that they had to wait an unbelievable amount of time for mm-hmm. these parts, and it was almost not even worth buying the car. How oh, long do yeah. you think they waited? Two to five years. Four months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this two to five year mark is only because of our recent supply yes. chain issues, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, had yeah. to wait four months for shit. Yes. You know, I yeah. have never had to wait that long prior yeah. to COVID. Okay, fair you enough. You know, but yeah, I, I was thinking two to five years too. And then they describe, oh yeah, they bought it in March. By August, they had it built. Oh, wow. That's good. That's pretty good. So they built the car. The owner considered tracking it but said that if he tracked it he probably would keep it so they immediately put it for sale okay so this enzo mm-hmm. is in someone's collection somewhere yeah there's no information on who bought on it. who bought it where yeah. it is but it is in someone's collection somewhere uh it's a salvage title enzo salvage title enzo rebuilt yeah just the front end damage so no frame damage. No frame damage whatsoever. They all they had to do is replace some parts in the front, repaint, you know, kind of. It definitely loses value, but uh, yeah. how much, right? I would argue for a car like that. You, it's not less than a third of the value, or you, I should say, if it's a three million dollar car today, it's got to be worth more than two mil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I believe it that, does. That's my. Opinion. Yeah, I believe it does. Yes. Yeah, I mean maybe. Maybe you're taking the three hundred thousand off of a, a right exactly a, and Enzo, a clean Enzo and it's a driver's Enzo now yeah and and on top of that you look up salvage cars now yeah they I cost know. the same thing yeah. as clean title cars now they do. It's there's no distinction anymore yes yes like what the hell man it's I used to be able to search by yeah. salvage filter <laughs> you know you would look there i too? would look there and i'd be like you know what i can turn that into a race car i can oh, turn that into a race car okay. i can put that in a wall and be okay with it uh-huh now it's like what's the point yeah you know what well i mean new yes. and and I, I have to believe people are buying them you know right. well they're desperate going yeah back to the uh low supply God, situation and the salvage thing is, is there's nothing we get no breaks anymore that's true. We just have to get our pockets up, Randy. Yes. But that is a stupid car history with Redline. I like how you brought it to like present or uh, most recent levels with that. Yeah, Enzo right. Story. I, yeah. I, want, I wanted to know what happened to that car. That was the hardest part about this. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it, at that time, we were car guys already. Yeah, for sure. We knew about that story. Oh, man. It hurt so bad when yes, it happened. Absolutely. It hurt so bad when it yes, happened. Yes. And, we, and, and to be honest, I, I didn't have a concept of what it costs until that happened. But I still had an appreciation for the Enzo. Exactly. You know, to a degree that when I saw that and then I saw him talking shit, essentially, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, this guy's an asshole. Right, right. You know, like, and I wasn't even, at the time, I had no idea who the producer was. I didn't know the producer let him borrow the car. I had, you know, this is a whole angle to the story that that I wasn't aware of. Right, And then turn it into a memorial and using it to promote the whole conspiracy behind being a marketing gimmick. Yes. Like, man, these guys are crazy. No way you put a, 
maybe maybe to us because those figures are astronomical mm-hmm. but i have to believe that there isn't an idiot out there that'll destroy an enzo from d-list movie that flopped and that's pre like instagram flexing so yeah yeah they had oh. to flex on cbs5 or whatever <laughs> That's a crazy ending to that story. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to know where it is. I would love and to I'd know. And I'd like to know is. if the owner says, hey, this is the one that Eddie Griffin crashed. Or is he the type of an owner that says, yeah, it's a clean title, Enzo? Um, or does it even matter because it's Enzo and it's like, no, like, you know, it's unattainable for us? If you were, if you had Enzo money mm-hmm. and you bought the car, yeah. would you present it as this is the Enzo that. That Eddie Griffin crash? I totally would, yes. Me too. But it also, that that comes with it. It's salvage, but it's the infamous Eddie Griffin yeah. Enzo. But you still have an Enzo. And I would have him sign that shit. <laughs> would you have Eddie Griffin sign your car? <sighs> That's a really good question. Just for the, you know, like... For the lulls. Just, yes, exactly. Just to complete this circle of I, life. I, 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 the... the it, if that appeals to the obnoxious kid in me, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, yeah. where you know, on the one hand, I really hate how he behaved. Sure. Sure. When this happened. Yep. On the other hand, it's history. It is. And it's funny. Yes. And it is stupid car history. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm and doing it. it. Totally. Like, yeah, it almost increases its value. No, it doesn't. Because dude. Okay. So here no, it does. it's like, <laughs> No, it's like if you bought James Dean's crashed Porsche. Okay. That is going to be worth something more than a standard Porsche of it's I think it was a Porsche Speedster that he yeah. crashed and died in. Yeah. I would imagine the crashed one in pieces would be worth more than a standard Porsche Speedster from that era. Okay, had Eddie Griffin died. <laughs> And he's not as cool as James Dean. <laughs> That's what I was say. I don't know that you can compare James Dean with Eddie Griffin. For sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, there's a story behind this car. Here, I'll give you this. Okay. It'll be worth more to a select group of people. Okay, okay, okay. Some, but some it wouldn't IG be worth, flexors. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth more to... I don't know that it'd be worth more, man. I, I think it could maybe be worth more. Just because there's a story behind it. To Eddie Griffin, it'd be worth more. <laughs> Where the hell is he now? Man? Is I should have looked now? that up. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't know where he was. But that is your stupid car history. Thanks Very for cool. tuning in. Yes, thank you. Go watch Redline. But if you don't, we will have a review for you in the I future. I think we'll do that for the next episode. Yeah, well, yes. we'll see. I don't know how hard it is going to get through that movie. So <laughs> it might take me a few weeks. Or to find it, let alone. Or to find it, yeah. yeah I might have to go look at like a VHS. Right, or find buy yeah, the DVD. Actually yeah, buy, buy the DVD or find like some. There are some video rental places in the hood still. I'll just bootleg it and send it your way. If you can even find that i I could probably well that's true yeah that's very true if you could even find that but let's get into our last segment la versus detroit yes going back to high school edition yes right so the question is Mm -hmm. who what car was the top dog in your high school's parking lot and this is la versus detroit because randy is originally from detroit moved to la because la is wonderful I am originally born and raised L.A., and I haven't left because I'm afraid of flying. I'm not afraid of flying, but it gives me anxiety. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so the question is, right, what car was the top dog in your in your high school? So the top dog car in my high school 
in 2000 and well let's go to 2000 or <laughs> I think you say well let me not date myself <laughs> no i don't care okay i, I graduated so in 1964 yes <laughs> i graduated in 01 so okay the top dog car was a 30th anniversary 1999 limited edition pontiac trans am wow yeah some kid in our high school had this car it was white it had mag oh, blue Oh, really? Wheels. That was really? I mean, he was the only one that had any car in this echelon. Yeah. But I think I was a sophomore, maybe, and this guy had this car. I never understood that car. I didn't even know Trans Ams at the time. Yeah. Yes. But the next tier below that was the W5.6. Okay. So that was, I think, an LS engine. Or it was a Corvette equivalent engine, I believe. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but this car, I, I, I don't know if it's all aesthetics I don't know. I don't think it's... Um, so did he have a better car than some of the teachers? Without question. Oh, There wasn't a teacher in our... And they had a separate parking lot behind the school. Oh, the we, yes. yeah. So yeah, we had separate parking too. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Um, it wasn't behind the school though. It yes. was literally... Di- my, our teacher to student parking was divided by a fence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so no teacher was like a car person or had anything fancy in any way shape or form okay at my school in high school in grade school the best car was a like 1996 lexus es okay and that was a teacher's car yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense maybe that's a flex it's a huge flex where we were or it was yeah. a big time car where we were because nobody had a that was like a three series equivalent car um, nobody had that level of car in my neck of the woods over there. Where did your car stack up in the parking lot hierarchy for your high school? Oh, not high at all. So my at the time, I drove a 91 Celica GTS. Okay. Automatic. Okay. Uh, no love, no attention, no nothing. None whatsoever. Not at all. So it was you didn't even get the like, oh, cool, you got a you got a Celica, and then they looked at your transmission and they were like, Ugh. no, not even that. Not because even because you know what? When you're dealing with guys that have like a TA, um, they just like, wow, that thing looks slow. A TA. I, I had to think about what a TA. Yeah, sorry, was. a Trans Am. A Trans Am. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you redneck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, that's what we call wow. it. It's a TA. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you man. got a TA. Yeah. And is it a Firebird or is it a Trans Am? Yeah. There's a status there. Mustang, Mustang GT. Most there, The new, um, more rigid Mustang came out during that era. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of like a big flex car. One of the girls had that, a yellow one. And by, Okay, and, and let's, uh, I guess let's define what, how, how did you come up with your criteria for top dog in the parking lot? Purely based on value and, and horsepower. Okay, so what what if we were to say like appeal to other students? Oh, oh well, this definitely takes the cake. Oh, really? So the Fast and Furious thing did not hit high school parking lots as crazily in Michigan. Um, just generally speaking, you never saw a Supra in your life, and you wouldn't still even after. I Fast can tell you that if somebody drove that Trans Am mm-hmm. in my high school parking lot, yeah. no one would notice it. Really? Yeah. Yes. No, they might notice it as, oh, what the hell is that? 
Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. There, there would no one. No, no one would even look twice at that car. Really? And like I said, other than roast it. This is gonna get you the the females. Oh without, really? Without question, wherever you went. The movie so that theater. was a thing in 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 Michigan. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a top. This is a top tier car. I think even in high school, dude, cars just got you other dudes. Really? Yeah. I mean, having the mobility helped that, you get. That's a wholly different thing. Yeah, yeah, got you like you know attention from girls. Sure, sure. But. Yeah, no, it wasn't. If you had a dope car, mm -hmm. I don't think that mm -hmm. really girls were into that, at yeah. least that I could tell. Yeah, this version only has 1600 built LS1 engine. I was right. T tops. Oh, so it was super rare. It, it was super rare. I mean, I don't even know how much these are worth now. It was on Meekum, and I don't see a price on what it actually ended up selling for on Meekum. Like, I, I would say. If before the Type R, the Civic Type R, yes, that car would take the Gundam Award. This car would, yeah. Oh yeah, without question. I mean, yeah. I didn't like the looks at all. Yeah, I never. That's why I don't get it. Like why it looks that way. Uh, me neither. Well, the the nostrils are for Ram Air. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like cold air induction. It's like Homer said, they're speed holes. <laughs> Yes, so it's called Ram Air, which is basically cold air, like, induction. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. See, American cars, they don't get the love, dude. Yeah, no, not definitely not out here. Like I said, it would have gotten completely ignored. That's so I think you, funny. I think the kid in the Scion TC would have gotten more attention than that car. Really? Yeah. In uh, SoCal. In SoCal. At least in my high school parking lot. Right on, right on. Okay, uh, okay. Like, if if I were to describe top dog, top dog at your high school in in uh, Gardena, California. Oh, uh, man, dude, it's uh, there. It depends on the criteria, right? There, I would have to do. I I would have to ho host like an Oscars. Okay. Of cars, because there's the we've talked about the Echo Civic. Right. Remember the Echo brand with the rhinoceros? Oh, yes. ECKO. Brand. Yeah. ECKO yeah. brand. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and they had those graphics on a Civic that was completely done up. Everybody loved it because that was like the that, closest to the Fast and the Furious. And that brand was like the shit. Oh, at the yeah. Time when and he had out. like the full interior done. Oh, it okay. was a show car. OK. Yeah. Okay. And it was the is the only one. OK. Right. So in terms of flex. He would be top dog in terms of baller, not baller, but in terms of wrenching prowess. Okay. Um, you know, most the people that would be scared to race the most, mm -hmm. it might be the chop shop guys that I've talked about. Oh, okay. They but had their cars were not great. They had a Mazda 626. Okay. Like older Mazda 626s. Okay. Cars like that. Not RX-7 level, but they had them like swapped with like really? crazy shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. They weren't rotaries. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, um, so they would take that. But I would say the, the one that really brings both of those things together, the flex mm -hmm. and the fear of racing them. Yes. Like sort of the legitimacy of a street racer mm -hmm. was a teacher, 
and I've talked about this guy before. Yes. He owned an Integra, mm -hmm. a GSR, and would walk around campus with a NOS bottle. <laughs> this is a teacher. Yes. Yeah. But there is, there was a sort of teacher hierarchy because there was another teacher that had an EM1. Okay. And he was dope. Uh-huh. There was another teacher that had, I, I forget which Accord it was, the one with, that had the NSX. Okay, so that was a coupe. Tail that was an Accord coupe. Accord yes. coupe. Yes. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, he had his whole interior done up, too. Okay. He had his last name in the headrests. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, like. Wow. Total to, show car. You went to West Coast Customs and talked to Oh, Ish. yeah, for sure. <laughs> West Coast Customs swap meet, probably. Okay, right on, right uh, on. But, yeah, like, we had a lot of teachers. But I would say that Integra probably takes the cake. In terms of attention, just because he was so outwardly flexing. Yeah, by carrying the NOS I bottle I never around. knew if he actually drove or not. Oh. Like, if he knew how to drive. I don't know if he did or not. Okay. But he carried a NOS bottle around campus, so uh -huh. he let people know he had NOS. Don't fuck with me. I got spray. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, okay. Okay. a lot of the other teachers were a little more humble mm -hmm. about, you know, kind of what they had. Mm -hmm. He was very loud about what he had. But okay. I will say, by the time I left high school, he had an M5. An oh. E39 M5. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay. like, that was a James was Bond that 99. one? Yeah. Actually, yeah, it was a James Bond one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So he upgraded. Wow. Yeah. So so if if we if we count by collection, yes. he wins. Sure. Yeah. And that's a baller car. That is a ball, especially at that time. At that time. Right? But I was yes. I mean, I I didn't graduate in two thousand one. I graduated in two thousand five. Okay. So it was a five year old car, which is not that old. Mm -hmm. Right. Still. Especially at our high school. It's still a baller car. Yeah, it's still a baller car. Mm -hmm. So he had the biggest progression. He was well-liked, despite sort of being a bit of a douche. Is that a V10? Sorry. No, it's a V8. V8. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's an ace. Okay, so do he is a douche. and Yeah, he had douche tendencies. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. like he, he, uh, he would openly talk about, like, his girlfriend getting fat and, like, she needed to get skinny. Oh, okay. But I, she was, like, rail thin. <laughs> <laughs> She I fat, mean, like, dude, I she thought fat. <laughs> dude, she fat. I remember him talking about this and thinking, man, if she loses any more weight, she's going to disappear, bro. Like, <laughs> like, what's your deal? Uh -huh, but like, uh -huh. but this guy, he was like a fighter. He's the guy that let us box at lunchtime. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. like, despite his, him having these weird tendencies, he was a really fun dude. OK. And but yeah, I never knew if he actually drove or not. Mm. We would ask him, and he'd kind of play coy or whatever, you know. Like, well, see, what's super douchey is you don't need the bottle to get to to your work and back. Oh, home. absolutely not. And you don't need to carry it into class with you. In that too. You teach history, dude. What right, the fuck? Like, what, what? Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. teaches the history of the Fast and the Furious. Right. So you doubtful. Put it, he throws it over his shoulder like a sack of rice. Oh uh, no, he would carry it in the front. Okay, so yeah. it was like a baby. Uh, was it big? I, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was a big bottle, oh, dude. It okay. wasn't like, you know, the little bottles that Vin Diesel used in yes. the RX-7. Right. It right. was a massive bottle. Okay. You know, for all I know, he just used it to get high. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he used yes. it or not. Like, yes. But we did, with a couple of friends, we did go look at the car to uh -huh. make sure that it was... Like, connected? That it was connected, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the, the mount was in the back, uh -huh. and uh -huh. you could see it through the hatch. So he did, it was plumbed. Okay. You know, okay. to some level, but we never saw it spray. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Did he have visible buttons on the steering wheel? The, or? Yeah, he had buttons in the center console. 
Okay. Yeah, that okay. said speed and speed two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't wow. say anything. They were just uh-huh. buttons. Okay. They were just buttons. But yeah, he walked around campus. And, you know, but that type of shit works for high school kids. It does. You know, so, totally I, you know, I, I don't I'm not ashamed to say it. Even I was kind of like, oh, dude, I know a Fast and Furious guy. My teacher's <laughs> a Fast and Furious guy. You know, okay. like, not okay. that obnoxious, but right. But, you know, you kind of are kind of like, you know, these are the things that I dream of doing. Mm. You know, at the time I owned. I was on the bottom. Yeah. On the bottom okay. in terms of my car ownership. Right. Actually, I wasn't. DX is not. You had AC, right? Yeah. I did not have AC. Oh, it didn't have AC. Didn't okay. have AC. Didn't have power steering. Didn't have VTEC. Didn't have ro- uh, power windows. Didn't have power windows. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, I remember when I got it, I was so excited. I like drove to school. And one of my friends is like, oh, you, you you brought your car? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, what, what'd you get? I'm like, oh, it's a Civic. Oh, nice. Is it an EX? No, it's a DX. He's like, uh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, VTEC princesses, man. Oh, okay. Dude, VTEC was, and that's they, the only word they had in their mouths, <laughs> man. VTEC, VTEC, VTEC. And uh, I was just like, nah, okay. nah. But it's a stick shift. Uh, yeah? Yeah, that, you know. I mean. But nah, there was, it was. I had some nice 15s on it, you know, okay. like they were aftermarket wheels sure. and it was lowered a bit, not aggressive in the typical John fashion. I've never changed. Sure. It was lowered, but still functional. So let me ask this. So I had the Celica top trim GTS, but it wasn't automatic. Okay. Against your Civic DX, which was manual. Yeah. Do you still have pres- prestige in your high school parking lot over my Celica GTS. If if I put it in your terms, yes, the girl would be riding with me and not with you. Really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay. for sure. Just for the sheer fact that I'm rowing my own gears. Yes, I would. I would be. A, I would be on the higher on the totem pole, <laughs> and in high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at yeah, that time sense. too. At that time, the the automatic versus stick shift thing was, was hard. Oh, huge. Yeah, the gatekeeping. Was yeah. Really hard. I mean, like when you're in high school, there aren't a lot of things that that define you as a driver, right? Sure. We're all shitty drivers in high school. True. Everyone's a poor driver. True. But if you're driving a st- stick shift, uh huh, you're now a good driver. Oh, that's a driver. Oh, right. You thought it was that's driver related or just the coolness factor? Well, it was a coolness factor because it was driver related, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Like race car drivers use manual transmissions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Men use manual transmissions. <laughs> <laughs> Like these yes. are, I mean, I'm not saying to dog you. I'm just saying these are the stereotypes of the time. Yeah. You know, no, right on, right you on. Know? Right so, on. so yeah, like, but it would, it would, on the 10 foot test, you would be higher than me on the total. Oh pole. yeah. 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 On yeah, the 10 yeah, foot yeah, yeah. test. Right. Once they look in the windows, once they look in the windows, yes. then it's like, oh, fuck Randy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with John. Right. But it would take yes. that, you know, oh, okay. what I will say is though, at the time, mm-hmm. There were guys that had automatics, mm-hmm. you know, but no one was hiding that fact. Despite the fact that there was so much criticism. Sure. No one was hiding it. Now, like, people are putting shift boots on automatic cars. Yes. Making it seem like they're yeah. driving stick shift cars. Certainly there's that now. And I feel like the 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 stigma or, or, or discrimination against automatic transmission isn't as significant Not as it once really. was. Yeah. It's almost non-existent these days. So it's weird that, or maybe I was just wasn't around the the right community, but I just don't remember seeing that back in the day. I got a lot of heat for it. 
for, def- for having an automatic for transmission. For having an automatic. My parents bought me the car for graduate high school graduation. Yeah. Um, the JDM fans, the Fast and Furious fans, air quotes, yeah, definitely gave me heat for driving an automatic. What was sort of like the worst sh- shit so, that you got? So the worst shit I got was one of my girlfriends. He had a, she had an older cousin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She had an older cousin okay. who was like a Vin Diesel ass motherfucker. Like like he, as in he was yoked or as in he had He was a fat well uh he had money. Okay. He was like the top DJ in Canada, like uh, right next to uh Detroit. Okay. A small town called Windsor. So he's like a big fish in a small pond. Okay. He had money. He bought an Arc Seven Twin Turbo. Oh, okay. So he had the best car of anybody we knew, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Right. And he was a DJ, cool as fuck back yes, in the day. Yeah. That too. He had money because he was doing gigs every weekend, um, and it's all cash money. So right, he's got right. a ton of cash, right? Yeah. 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 So he put Blitz wheels. He on his Arc Seven. He has the. Um, his logo was a sumo wrestler. Kind of like E Honda from Street Fighter, right? Yeah. So yeah. he put the silver um, vinyl on his uh, red RX-7. Oh my god! That you can't peel off because it was like foil back in the day. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we rolled up to a party at their house. His one of his crew guys had a um, a Saturn SL2 okay. that he, he had fixed up. Another friend had an Eagle Talon, the the all wheel drive version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all wheel drive turbo. Um, I roll up in my newer um, Celica GTS, and this Vin Diesel motherfucker is like, oh, what is that? Oh, it's an automatic? Get it off my lawn. Oh, <laughs> really? In yeah. front of everybody? Yes, he did. Oh. And I was like, fuck that good. I hate him. Did you have to move it? Uh, no, he was kind of just busting my balls. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. No, he didn't really yeah. make me move it. He was at 60K, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my back. God. Yes. Yeah. And that's how it was. Yes. And honestly, I don't know that I would have said anything different. Oh, as you would have been a- that guy in that saying, era. Oh and, yeah. And not having the RX-7, mind you. Oh. So I would have yeah. been even more obnoxious. Right. right yeah. There right, was right, right, right. there. I, there was. You know. You you lived in a camp. Mm-hmm. And if you were a stick shift yeah. camp, you roasted the automatics. Absolutely. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, stick shift is way better. Uh, it, it was. It, well, I mean, I guess I should say I am more engaged in driving stick shift. Right. Cars, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know that I would ever convert out. But so like during this time when you're catching all this shit, mm-hmm. like, are you are you thinking of trading it in? Or like I want to do a transmission swap. but uh, It was way too expensive to even do it. Yeah. It, my parents were the one paying for the car. So yeah. I almost had I had no I didn't almost have no rights. I had no rights. Right. To do anything like that. And they refused to get you a stick shift. They absolutely did. So yeah. the, the morning of my birthday, I wake up and the car is on our driveway with a bow on it. Yeah. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, my mom even made the damn bow oh on the hood. God. We yeah. might have to change the grassroots nature of this I podcast. No, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the Midwest, so things yeah. are very affordable. Oh, so Housing those, those commercials that they put out with the bows on the cars Absolutely. are for the Midwest I, people. I actually lived it. Yeah, I yeah. actually lived okay. it. Okay. So, yes, I wake up um, at noon because that's, you know, a teenager's wake-up time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wake me up. My parents are excited. They get me, like, groggy out of the door, and... Yeah, of course I'm excited. It's the trim I want. Yeah. I love I wanted a black car, so I got a black Celica GTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new car. Um then I see the transmission and the feelings overlooked 
the fact that the transmission was not what I wanted. That's a good. You're a good kid. And they kind of built up to the fact that up to that before that point that I probably they weren't going to buy me a stick shift. Also, oh, that you were already aware. Yes, uh, pretty much. Okay, they okay. were. They want to be able to drive it just in case, and they never did. Oh, they never did. They just didn't want you in a, in a manual transmission. They didn't want you to become a speed racer. My dad thinks that I would have burned out the clutch, and he'd have to pay for repairs. Yada yada. Oh. You know, fast forward to owning a car. 200k my old civic still has this original clutch on it yeah and my yeah. friend beats up on it and it's at 250k miles yeah so i mean yeah we can drive them there's yeah i know a, you yeah. have to be a really bad yes yes yeah and there's no hills in michigan so i thought you were gonna tell me that you were kind of like the uh like the was it sweet 16 girls where they're like i don't want this oh car. you didn't think i <laughs> Screw oh, okay this. yeah I, I wanted a manual transmission i mean deep down that's <laughs> that was my perspective but but you got a car you can't I got really a car. say that exactly yeah I'll, that is very unappreciative for somebody to for to, sure right yeah, so hell yeah dude one yeah i just wasn't that type of person and i mean yeah i did get approached every now and then about how cool my car was so yeah i, I lived with it i dealt with it, it was oh cool. really so they and despite the automatic transmission some people don't care yeah they know i i know i can even with a um stick shift i know i cannot beat any trans am or any right Mustang yeah there was a GT. different purpose for your car correct and yeah. we don't have turns we all they're all 90 degrees in oh Michigan. Okay. yeah there's no canyons there's no it's all a grid Damn. so there is no like driving fun to be had with great handling even when you went to canada yes even when i went to canada there's Damn. a little like, a lakeshore drive type of thing but nothing like out here it was very very straight yeah Damn. almost very straight yes so, yes. yeah, I guess. But you eventually you made it to the stick shift. I did when I finally could buy my own car. Yes. Damn, that's what it took. That's w absolutely what it took. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, stick shift cars were cheaper. They were cheaper. I mean, my parents ex almost exclusively drove stick shift cars. Okay, my dad did too. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. That's why I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe he burned a ton of clutch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I, I I don't get the lo the logic other than my mom and my sister wouldn't be able to drive it. Yeah, and they never had to. And my sister drove it once to a Janet Jackson concert. Oh my god, flex. that's worse than the automatic transmission. <laughs> <laughs> to flex? Yeah, to flex with the girlfriends. Oh. Yeah, her and all her gal friends went to Janet Jackson. I got Jackson. a Celica. You yeah. had it already done up and everything? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Not yet. It so it was stock. stock. It was still stock. Yeah, I mean those cars were pretty dope when they came out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And yes. it was a GTS too. Yes. So the exactly, high trim, man. Exactly. But anyway, that is our episode. How do you find us, John? You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters and no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. If you want to send us any emails, info at 91octane.com. Also, as I said at the start of the episode, support our supporters ourselves. Mm -hmm. Cafe Carrera for the best coffee you'll ever try. Uh, very high caffeine content in some of them. Look them up. 10% off with using code BIGWILLOW. Uh, and also, any last words? Shout out to all the people that love Celicas. I know there's nobody out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except me. No, they're, they're, they're out there. I, they're I, out there. I doubt it. Yeah, there's a couple. I know a couple. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I know a couple. For the all-wheel drive the turbo version or yeah, for my well, version? I don't, know, I don't know about your version. I don't well, actually, I do follow a couple that own your version. Yeah, there's a few out there. There's a few IG. out there. 
But I don't know that enough that I, I don't know that there are enough out there that someone's gonna catch this episode. <laughs> I doubt it. But shout out to the Celica owners. Shout out to them. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>